0: The following is a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike LLC.
1: Third down and seven for Stanzi. Going deep, got a man open the knock! Iowa scores a touchdown on its first possession. Well, McNutt last week had the go-ahead touchdown, a 92-yard reception. This one goes for 74 yards. He also had the game-winning touchdown on fourth down at Michigan State. 7-0 Iowa, one minute in.
2: There was nobody in the center of the field. Stansy wrote it, read it very nicely. Nice completion for the touchdown. Big plays the last two quarters. This quarter and then last week against Indiana. McNutt, as you mentioned, had one of the big ones.
3: Hello Hawkeye fans, this is John Patchett and welcome to the football show from HawkeyesMike.com. The Iowa Northwestern game highlights are courtesy of ESPN with Dave Pash and Bob Greasy. A nice job calling the game, some very insightful comments, we very much appreciate it, and thank them. These football programs come to you following every game during the entire season. You'll have the chance to hear Marv Cook's thoughts and Pat Hardy's opinions. You'll hear from the opposing coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Kirk Ferentz and Jim Trestle. We'll take a look at the Big Ten Conference and we'll also preview the Iowa-Ohio State game. And during the course of the season, we'll also hope to hear from you, the Iowa fans. We invite you to share your comments each week by calling 866-74-HAWKS.
1: And Stanzie in trouble in the end zone, the ball comes out! And it's recovered for a Northwestern touchdown! Marshall Thomas recovers it, another Iowa turnover! It just... It looks like Stanzi is hurt. Corey Wooten hit him, and the ball came out recovered for a touchdown by Marshall Thomas. The backup to Stansy is a freshman, James Vandenberg, who's thrown only three passes all year. They're looking at the left foot of Stansy.
2: Well, how we were just talking about the, the good fortunes of Iowa. Big Ten championship, maybe a national championship, and it could all turn around on one play in this end zone.
1: But this is the unpredictability that has become predictable for Iowa. You just don't know. A 10-0 lead, a 10-0 deficit, it doesn't matter. Crazy things happen for the Hawkeyes. Wooten with a big hit, and then just
3: bending back down. You gotta secure the football. Wooten make a great play. There were no rabbits left in the hat. There were no miracle comebacks in the fourth quarter. When quarterback Ricky Stanzi went down with a severely injured ankle early in the second quarter, and fumbled the ball in the end zone, which was recovered by Northwestern for a touchdown, the magic was gone, at least for that game, from the team and the fans in Kinnick Stadium. Iowa had been living on the edge for much of this season, and we finally discovered who the one player was that the Hawks could not afford to lose. The dream of an unbeaten season and a possible BCS championship game was gone in an instant, on an otherwise beautiful November day, as the Wildcats came from behind to defeat the Hawkeyes by a final score of 17-10 to and win for the third straight time in Iowa City. Iowa started hot in this game, giving fans hope that the offense was finally going to get untracked and play a complete game, the Hawks took an early 10-0 lead and were dominant on both sides of the ball. But once Stansy went down with the injury, replacement redshirt freshman quarterback James Vandenberg seeing his first significant time on the playing field could do nothing to move the ball on offense. Iowa's defense played another strong game, although they did have trouble stopping Northwestern on third down plays, especially in the fourth quarter, but the Hawks just could not overcome four straight turns. Turnovers. The truth of the matter is that Iowa had mistakes all over the field, and Northwestern outplayed them and deserved to win that game. Yet at the end, the Hawks still had a chance to tie or win. They just couldn't do it. Iowa's first loss of the season dropped them from 4th to 10th in the BCS standings and out of the top 10 in the national polls. It dropped them into a tie for the Big Ten lead when Ohio State upset Penn State in Happy Valley later in the day. In spite of all the doom and gloom, this Saturday's game at Ohio State, will determine the Big Ten championship and the New Year's Day trip to the Rose Bowl. So the Hawks still control their own destiny. They will have to play their best game of the year to have any chance in Columbus where Iowa victories have come few and far between. But this Iowa team has shown incredible resilience all year. This Saturday will be the biggest test of all. That makes me angry and when Dr. Evil gets angry Mr. Bigglesworth gets upset and when Mr. Biggles Worth gets upset,
1: people die.
4: HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet, just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all hawks, all the time.
0: A quick review of game notes and key stats is brought to you by Prefens Botanicals Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary new hand sanitizer that kills bacteria, viruses, and fungi for up to 24 hours with just a single application. To learn more, go to www.prefensbotanicals.com. Prefens is now the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa football team, the men's and women's basketball teams, and the defending NCAA champion Iowa Hawkeyes wrestling team.
3: Northwestern snapped Iowa's 13 game winning streak dating back to last year. The Wildcats scored 17 straight points after Iowa had opened the game with 10 points on its first two drives. Iowa had won eight straight home games since a loss to Northwestern last season, and the Wildcats have now won two straight games in the series and three three straight at Kinnick Stadium. The Hawks did win the toss they elected to receive to start the game, and that meant that Iowa has started on offense in 111 of its last 127 contests. One of the key differences in this game was time of possession. Northwestern had the ball 34 minutes and 20 seconds, the Hawks only 25 minutes and 40 seconds. The Wildcats were also 9 of 18 on third downs, while the Hawkeyes were 4 of 14. Linebacker Pat Anger recorded a game and career-high 17 tackles in the contest. As a unit, the Hawks collected six tackles for loss, including three sacks. Redshirt freshman quarterback James Vandenberg saw his most extensive action of his college career after he replaced injured quarterback Ricky Stanzi. Vandenberg completed nine of 27 passes for 82 yards, and he had one interception. Iowa wideout Marvin McNutt had another good day. He had a 74-yard reception for a touchdown on Iowa's opening drive, his third scoring reception in three weeks. And running back Brandon Wager had 19 carries for 63 yards to lead Iowa's running game. Iowa scored a touchdown on its first possession of the game. That's the fourth time in 10 games that's happened. Northwestern did not score on its opening drive. The Hawks also scored the first points in 5 of 10 games this year. The opponent had scored first in all four road games. The Hawks were 1 of 1 inside the red zone, collecting a field goal. Northwestern was also 1 for 1 in the red zone, had a passing touchdown. The Wildcats scored seven points following four Iowa turnovers, all of which occurred in the second period. Senior defensive back Joe Conklin had the first interception of his career in the second quarter with the theft coming in the end zone to stop a Northwestern drive. Conklin started again in place of the injured Brett Greenwood. Iowa's second lost fumble in the second period marked the first fumble by an Iowa running back since the opening game of the season. The Hawks had turnovers and four straight possessions in the second quarter, two interceptions and two lost fumbles. Northwestern recovered the Ricky Stanzi fumbled for a touchdown and scored a touchdown following one of the interceptions. The 10 points scored by the Hawks against Northwestern marks Iowa's season low, which previously was 15 at Michigan State. Iowa did not score in the second half for the first time this year. Key stats, Northwestern had 18 first downs to the Hawks 14, net yards rushing, the Wildcats 130, Iowa only 65, net yards passing 109 for Northwestern, 216 for the Hawks. Total offense, 239 for Northwestern, 281 for Iowa. But another key difference total offensive plays. The Wildcats had 76 to the Hawks, 63. Third down conversions the Wildcats were 9 of 18, while Iowa was only 4 of 14.
1: But what does it tell you that last week, even with four interceptions and a quarter that the Iowa coaches were never thinking about putting Vandenberg in, and now they may have to yeah. at quarterback.
2: And I, you know, I, I wonder about that play, too. A, a naked, a, a little naked reverse in your own end zone where I, at a guy which was a preseason All-American defensive end.
1: Yeah, and a mistake-prone quarterback, too. Yeah, exactly. A huge play by the Northwestern defense. Corey Wood with a forced bumble recovered by Marshall Thomas. Wildcat. Back in it.
3: Time now to hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz talks about his two redshirt freshman quarterbacks, James Vandenberg and John Wenke.
5: They've had good competition uh, for two years, basically. And, uh, you know, as the season got going, we had to make a decision one we way or the other. But we, we've been very pleased with both guys, James and John. I think they both have done a nice job. Uh, you know, really uh, first got good exposure to them last year during the Bull preparation, and then certainly in spring practice through on camp. So I think both guys are doing. Well, uh, they both throw the ball well. Uh, both are, are students of the game, and uh, you know, the big thing they lack is experience. And right now, uh, James has a huge edge on John uh, since he got in the game the other day. But uh, you yeah, know, we, we really like everything about him, and uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll respond well uh, this week and next.
3: Behrens was asked about what he expects to see out of Vandenberg in his first start this Saturday.
5: Yeah, he'll be better prepared, uh, I guess. But, you know, our, our twos get a lot of work, and I, I think he was prepared the other day. Uh, but, you know, it's it's really, you know, his first pass uh, eight weeks ago was, was a ground ball. His second one was a bullet, you know, it was a perfect bullet. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know. Young players, and that happens at other positions too. Young young players struggle uh, initially. Uh, it's just not as evident. And uh, you know, I teased James about that first pass he threw uh, of his career, uh, but like I said, he came back and threw a bullet. And I think that's I think that's what we're going to see this guy do. I mean, uh, James is a good football player. Uh, you know, he's walking into a tough. This is a, an excellent defense. It might as well be an NFL defense we're playing. So uh, it's it's going to be a tough order there. The crowd noise is going to be hard. I mean, all those things. You couldn't ask for a tougher uh, start. Contest for him, but he'll get good support. He'll be prepared, and uh, you know, I'm not going to measure him over the next uh, 60 minutes of play. You know, he'll he'll continue to improve. He's a quality football player, a quality person that works hard, and get total confidence in him.
3: Ferentz talks about Ohio State's defense.
5: They're extremely aggressive, uh, you know, and it starts up front, they're very good up front, and it's not just their front four, it's their front eight, they, they roll guys in and out of there, they're uh, very imposing that way. So, you know, we're, we're gonna have to be at our absolute best, their linebackers are active, their safeties and uh, corners are very good. They're, they're just, I'm, you know, uh, I said that jokingly. I, I can't remember many Ohio State teams that weren't really good on defense, and this is no exception. They've got excellent players, very well coached. They're, they're very impressive. You know, they're, they're fun to watch on film if you're not playing against them. So we're, we're going to our margin for error is going to be very thin. We're going to have to really do a good job. And uh, to your point, Bob, you know we have to really protect the football, and we have to do a good job of that. And if if you turn it over, uh, you know it's not going to be much of a game in the second half. I know that.
3: Kirk was asked about Iowa's lack of a bye week this season.
5: It, it might help with some minor injuries, that type of thing, or it certainly gives you another week to, to get guys healed uh, in the process, but that, that's the upside. But the other part is, uh, you know, it's nice to have the week off, too. But In a perfect world, I'd still rather go 12 straight. If I had to choose 12 straight and then taking the week of uh, Thanksgiving, which is still an American holiday, I think, you know, taking that week off, uh, I'd pick that as opposed to taking a bye week and then you know, playing over uh, Thanksgiving weekend. If I had the choice, I'd rather go 12th straight. You know, some years you have injuries. This year's been one of those years. Others you don't. 2002, we weren't affected at all. And um, The good thing in 2002, it never broke our momentum. You know, once we got some going, which we did, uh, it never broke our momentum. So... So that's kind of how I look at it, I guess. I don't mind it.
3: Ferentz reviews Purdue's upset of Ohio State earlier in the year. You know, it was an upset for sure.
5: And uh, they did some things to open the door. And, and then that being said, Purdue played an excellent football game. They were really opportunistic. And to me, that that's usually, you know, quote-unquote, when quote-unquote upsets take place. That's that's usually the case. Um, and I, you know, I could set you a couple from the last couple of weeks, but that's usually what it takes. You know, so... You know, if, if they'd be kind enough to open the door, we still have to be good enough to go in. And that's what Purdue did uh, with their opportunity. They really, they played very, very well, very aggressively and, and did a nice job.
3: Coach Ferentz talks about defenses taking Iowa's tight ends out of the last few games and particularly Tony Moyaki.
5: Me and my big mouth, you know, saying he's a, a pretty good football player, but I think everybody's figured that out. You know, Tony's an excellent player, so he, he's going to uh, draw attention. You know, we just have to, to find ways to, to do a better job, maybe getting him open, but uh, also maybe go to other other spots on you know, the field if, if, uh, if they're giving him some attention.
3: And Ferentz reflects on Iowa's win over the Buckeyes in Columbus in 1987.
5: Came right down to the last play. I think it was the last play. It sure seemed like it. And uh, you know, fourth and I think 22 or something like that. So uh, I think we I think we could have made a first down. We didn't have enough time to make a first down. So it was basically do or die. And uh, just a tremendous tremendous effort. Chuck threw it up there where uh, yeah Marv could make a fantastic play and. Uh, it was a great catch, first of all, but then a great effort to get in the end zone. And that was if he hadn't gotten in, the game was over. So that, that's, that's one of the great plays of Iowa football history. And that, that's a happy memory right there, certainly. And I, I wasn't here for the 91, a you know, whole different set of circumstances. But uh, that, that ball game is certainly memorable, too, I know.
3: Ohio State head coach Jim Tressel was asked if his starting quarterback, Terrell Pryor, turned a corner in the Penn State game.
6: Well, I think it's a game-to-game thing with all of us. As soon as you start making broad statements as to where you are or what you've done, um, you know, your next day uh, might send you a different direction. But the neat thing about Terrell is he really has a passion to be good. Uh, He's extremely coachable. Uh, He and Nick Cisleano, the quarterback coach, spend countless hours together and work extremely hard. You know, I think he took a step and if he'll keep improving, uh, he's going to end up being a very fine quarterback.
3: Tressel talks about Iowa's starting defensive ends, Adrian Claiborne and Broderick Benz.
6: Oh, they're great players. You know, they're, they're very long. You know, they do a great job with their hands. You know, they have extremely strong hips. Not only stuff the run, but and rush the passer, you know, that's what everyone notices about them. But the number of passes they knock down. Uh, they're they're just a force. You know, Iowa always seems to have some great ones there at end and uh, you know they're well coached. Uh, Norm Parker's been doing this for a long long time and and no one teaches fundamentals and and uh, gets his players to understand where they fit in into the defense any better than Norm and They always have excellent ends, and, you know, these guys are special.
3: Trestle was asked how his defense will prepare for Iowa with quarterback Ricky Stanzi injured.
6: Well, I think what you do is you study what they do, and there's going to be a guy, you know, with a black helmet on uh, doing it very well. It's just like when people say so-and-so graduated. You know, they're going to plug in a guy. They have a great system. Uh, Everyone uh, in their program knows what's expected on the field, off the field, uh, in the weight room according to the technique they're asked to do in football they know their job and uh, so we we simply study what they do and know you know how well they do it you know you really don't get caught up as far as we're concerned no one has numbers on and uh, you just you play the person that's playing across from you or going against you and and that's what it's all about.
3: Tressel talks about the development of his offensive line.
6: I think if you went all over college football you know you would find that you know that that's tough duty in that offensive line, and and you're going to get guys banged up. Uh, Iowa has had some guys banged up, and they've had to readjust, and and, uh, we've had the same. Uh, But, you know, that's why you practice two groups, three groups, try to get eight or nine guys ready to play and become interchangeable parts because uh, with what they do every play, the collisions they have every play, and, and not just on Saturdays but when they are preparing themselves to play on the offensive line uh, it's very physical and so i think what you simply need to do is make sure that you get as many guys prepared as you can and then you have to live with uh, the injuries that occur and the next guy's got to step up and and uh, be ready to step in there and do his 111th and and uh, you know not unlike you know the defensive backfield if you lose a guy or the receiver core or anything else but that offensive line it's it's an awfully physical area.
3: Tressel was asked if he expects Iowa to go with a scaled-down playbook with James Vandenberg starting his first game at quarterback. You
6: know, I would think they would go with their total plan of what they would normally plan against us. You plan different things for different people according to what they do on defense, and, and um, they're not going to limit their repertoire and the thing you have to remember about backup quarterbacks is mentally uh, they're in the thing all the way along, they may not get the physical reps uh, that the starter gets and, and the Saturday reps that the starter gets. You know, as as the youngster went in there in the back half of that game last weekend, uh, didn't look like they changed what they did, he threw it up there, you know, a bunch of times and, and obviously knew what was going on and and uh, so i would expect that they'll put together a game plan based upon what they feel as if is the best thing to do against our defense
3: and coach Tressel reflects on the best advice he received as a young coach in terms of making his post-game comments after a major victory or a big loss
6: oh gosh i don't know if i ever got any advice on that sometimes you have to learn from experience or whatever and probably the best overall advice i ever got my dad used to always say that you'd have a thousand opportunities in your life to keep your mouth shut use every one of them and that's probably the best general advice i've ever heard but you know it's difficult sometimes when you're in emotional situations and you know you're all emoting about whether it was a great win or a tough loss or whatever it happens to be and and uh, you know i just think you have to try to keep in mind the feelings of the the young people that played the game, whether it's the feelings of the young people on your team or the other.
4: Call in and express your opinions about the Hawks to make your voice heard on HawkeyesMike.com. Call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS and join our guest experts on weekly podcasts.
3: We welcome back Marv Cook for his weekly stint on hawkeye'smike.com. dot Sean Patchett visits with Marv. Finally, Iowa's offense started hot on Saturday and looked like it might
0: roll, but then everything changed in an instant.
7: Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, of all the things you factor in, the one you don't is injury. You know, obviously it's something that Iowa had had the running back position, but obviously the uh, the quarterback position was one that just didn't calculate. They did be get off to a good start. They were playing well and. You know, but to Northwestern's credit, Northwestern's a good defense. They tighten things down, and, um, you know, whether Stansy was in there or not, I'm sure Northwestern would have been giving us problems defensively, so. But that's the way the game is.
0: How does Iowa prevent the Stansy injury, a game-changing play, from becoming a season-changing play?
7: Well, you know, here's the one downside of, if there's probably more than one, but, The one downside of playing all those close games was that he didn't get any experience. You know, the backup doesn't get any game experience. He probably had two snaps in the Iowa State game, if that. And, uh, you know, here we are in week 11, and now he's going to go into Ohio State. And his, you know, he really has not seen that many college snaps yet. So that being said, though, I like him. I think he can make the throws. You know, I saw him throw the out. I saw him throw the comeback. I saw him throw on the run. I think he he's, he's, is a, a future Stanzi type quarterback. I think he's got a strong arm. I like his mechanics. I saw him come out of high school. I thought he was good then. And uh, I think he will just gonna continue to get better. The problem is, you know, it took Stanzi 14, 15 games to get to where he's at and, and uh, you know, you're gonna see some of those young mistakes that Stanzi was making eight, nine games ago. So, uh, but that being the case, you gotta find a way to game plan and, and get him ready and, uh, you know, have the offense be ready.
0: You touch on experience. Brian Balaga mentioned after the game that Vandenberg hadn't taken any snaps with the first team offense in practice. Is that unusual?
7: It is a little bit unusual in that regard. I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, none at all. I mean, you got to at least give 15, 20, 10, 15, 20% of the snaps in rep- repetitions. The one thing I thought they tried to do was move in Keenan Davis, a guy that he's probably been throwing the ball to a little bit, and try to get him more involved in the offense. But, you know, that was the biggest thing that I saw was just timing. You know, the overthrow of DJK when he broke. You know, those are just timing issues, uh, and those will be cleaned up. But um, it's a work in progress, and you know that being the case, Ricky Stansy was the guy. Now it's uh, time for the next guy to stand in.
0: The tight ends have virtually disappeared from Iowa's offense. Explanations range from they're being used in maximum protection to defenses adjusting to try and take away pass plays to them. But if defenses are loading up on the tight ends. Do you think that should free something else up in the offense? Well,
7: I think part of it is they're stopping the run better the last three or four weeks. And we're built on play action like we've talked about. And, you know, if they're able to stop the run uh, and make the run not effective, then they can lock the tight ends down. So, uh, you know, we got to run the ball more effectively. That'll that'll free up the tight ends in the, in the mix. But obviously we got a good set of tight ends. We need to get the ball to them. We need to have designed plays that it's going to go to Mowiaki or it's going to go to Reisner. You know, we're going to pound the ball into them. So, Especially with a new quarterback. I mean, that's something hopefully we'll see this week is, is just more, you know, five, six stick routes, you know, uh, little screens, things like that uh, to help the young quarterback get his feet underneath him.
0: Even accounting for injuries, this offensive line just doesn't seem to be consistent uh, either for pass or run blocking. At this point, how much of the season long offensive struggles should be attributed to them? You know, I,
7: I think it's, I think it's, there's blame across the board. Uh, and you know gosh here we are 9-1 we're talking about blame and things like that I mean it's, it's still a great season and they've done a good job but you know I, I think when they have breakdowns it's not just the offensive line it's the quarterback it's the running back it's the offensive line one time and, and that's, that's just kind of the way football is so you would like to establish the running game a little bit more effectively um, you know and that, I think part of that's due to, the, to uh, Robinson being out I mean I think you know he, he really brought an extra uh, skip to his step and, and, and some shake to you know, to what he's doing and I think the combination of him and Wieger was a good combination so you know obviously that hurts having him out and, and you know we've said it from day one if was build around running the football and if they can run the football then the passing game opens up for them so you know it may be a situation where we're gonna have to look the reverse mode where we're gonna throw the ball early to try to set up the run.
0: Well the defense only gave up 10 points but was not able to stop Northwestern on those short passes or it's running game with the quarterback Is that a scheme or execution issue or a failure to adjust
7: well you know i i think it's what we always have done uh we did go to some dimes sometimes on saturday i saw we had six dbs in and brought some pressure at times and 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 we are doing things but you know our defense has kind of been designed to give them the short stuff make them really work hard to get it and and the teams that are disciplined the teams that will take what the defense gives them and make the third down conversions and things like that are going to be teams that have success against this defense and that's what Northwestern's able to do. They're disciplined, they're, they're good, they're smart. Uh, you know, they stay patient. They, they, they stayed with the run. It wasn't, you know, they weren't getting big chunks, but they just stayed with it enough to keep Iowa defense honest. And then they converted on third downs when they had to.
0: Would you expect to see Ohio State and Minnesota try and run some of those plays, given Iowa's vulnerability?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're gonna see different athletes against Ohio State and Minnesota that we saw against Northwestern, but Northwestern was very disciplined in what they were doing. You know, Ohio State's going to try to beat athletically, I think, and let athletes make plays. But, you know, it all starts with, you know, little plays can turn into big plays if you have athletes catching the ball and, and running the ball. So, you know, Iowa's going to have to continue to play team defense, uh, make sure they're locking down their rush lanes with Pryor, and uh, not letting, you know, break the pocket and keep them contained, and, uh, and then hopefully, you know, lock down their great receivers.
0: Iowa, even in the best of times, had virtually no success at the Horseshoe. Uh, certainly... About the best of times right now, how much of that is going to get into this team's psyche as they prepare for Ohio State?
7: I don't think any. I mean I think you know ultimately you know some of these guys will probably be their first time over there you know so that, that's what it is. This is a game and, and this is a team that's nine and one. This is a team that's playing for a Big Ten Championship. They win Saturday. They win the Big Ten Championship. I mean or at least they're co-champions so you know that's that's all you need to do. That's all I need to say as a coach and, and players know what the opportunity is. They'll see them on film. They'll know uh, what their strengths are what the weaknesses are and they'll know what they need to do to to, to play well so I, I don't think history has anything to do with it this is a different team at Ohio State this isn't you know this is a team that was ranked 19th when we were ranked fourth I mean so you, you got to keep it in perspective there's a reason they were ranked 19th it's not because you know it was an anomaly it's just they're, they're not as good as they used to be so you know it's one of those games where you know you may be playing a guy from Ohio State and you may have Ohio State Buckeye on his helmet but once you hit him in the mouth and you you, you a couple snaps against him you know oh, this guy you know this guy's a guy he's not you know a monster so you know and I, I think that's you know over the course of a couple series guys will realize that that you know hey i'm better than this guy and i've seen better than this guy and, and ultimately let's go get him
0: knowing what vandenberg's strengths were in high school what kind of game planning do you think is going to happen uh, try and take advantage of his skills and minimize his risks you know i, I don't
7: think I honestly don't think it changes anything. I think that he's almost a clone to Stanzi. I mean, I think he can make the same throws. I saw him throw the out early. I saw him throw the comeback. I saw him throw the boot. You know, I also saw him throw it right to the defender one time, just like Stanzi used to do early. You know, so, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's the exact same type of quarterback. So, I think from an offensive standpoint, it doesn't change a thing. I think they're going to still do what they do. And, and uh, you know, wholeheartedly, it's going to be a challenge for the offensive line to establish the run and protect him and, And then just have good play calls, you know, throw the ball effectively on first down, keep them off balance, work clock, things like that. And then uh, hopefully, you know, have manageable third down situations. But you got to be ready for pressure. You got a young quarterback, they're probably going to bring a lot of pressure. So you got to have your blitz protections in in place and your sight adjust in place because I'm sure they're going to be bringing a lot of pressure.
0: If you're Kirk Frentz or Ken O'Keefe, exactly what would you be doing with Vandenberg this week and what would you be saying to him? Well, I,
7: you know, I know Kirk and, and he's, uh, Coach Ferentz and Coach O'Keefe are probably, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, they're going to do the same things they've always done, whether it's the quarterback or the running back position, it's next guy in, and they're going to expect him to execute the offense and play within the system. And, you know, and you want to try to build his confidence up and, and make sure he's ready to go. And, you know, I mean, that's the beauty. This is an Iowa kid. Um, he knows what this game is all about, what it stands for, what what's at stake, and and, uh, you know, the great leadership that we got on this team, Anger, and those guys are going to step up, Eads, and they're going to help this guy out. And they're going to be there for it and, and have his back no matter what. So, you know, just get back to the team concept. Next guy, and it's your time. It's your opportunity. Go take it.
0: Is there any doubt in your mind that Ohio State has the best defense in the Big Ten? It certainly seems that way after they manhandled Penn State. They're pretty
7: good. I mean, you know, it gets back to us in Penn State, though. I mean, I, I, I thought Penn State was soft, I mean, I thought they were a finesse team uh against us and that's why we 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 pounded them pretty good you know they're a good football team but i don't think they're great and um you know i think they're not very physical so i think ohio state's a physical football team Iowa's a physical football team it's going to be a big 10 football game it's going to be a a tough hard hitting guys getting to the football style of game so i think uh you know to call ohio state's defense best i'm telling you i think ours is our defense has got to be the best in uh in the big 10 i I truly believe that just because the way they played all season long
0: what do you expect to see in this game? What are your keys to the game and a prediction?
7: I, you know, I, I see, I'm going to see a Big Ten football game. I mean, I'm going to see two defenses getting after it, trying to establish themselves, trying to establish some physical presence. Uh, obviously, Pryor's got a lot of experience. He's going to be a, a big factor for him. Uh, being a second-year now you know, quarterback in the Big Ten, so I think he's got a good chance to do good things. You know, but but ultimately, just a Prototypical Big Ten football game. Both teams are going to try to run the football and then play action off of it, and then it's a team that can make plays. It's a team that, you know, gets a special teams touchdown or a turnover, you know, or two or three turnovers at the right time and, and controls field position. But I expect to see a, a, a massive defensive struggle, and Iowa's going to win by a field goal.
1: Vandenberger, red shirt in 2008. He was the Class 3A Player of the Year in the state of Iowa as a senior in high school. And he was considered a very
2: highly recruited guy. He's only thrown three passes so far in the first nine games. He completed two of them.
1: Vandenberg with time. And he throws it right to Quentin Davy. Another Iowa turnover, the third by the Hawkeyes here in the first half. So the first pass of the game by Vandenberg is picked off by Quentin Davy.
3: In our Big Ten notebook this week, with just two weekends of Big Ten play left in the season, four teams still have a chance to win at least a share of the 2009 conference championship. While Iowa and Ohio State are playing for the outright lead this Saturday, Wisconsin and Penn State remain only one game behind. Those four teams have combined for 12 conference titles over the past 11 years, with each of them winning at least two championships in that span. Ohio State is going for its fifth straight title this Saturday against the Hawks if the guys win, Jim Tressel will join an elite group of head coaches who have claimed five consecutive championships, and he would have done that in his first nine seasons in the league. Whoever wins the Iowa-Ohio State game will get the BCS berth and the Big Ten title, since the winner will own all of the Big Ten's tiebreakers. After Northwestern upset Iowa last weekend, the Wildcats became bowl-eligible, joining the Hawks, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, and while it's extremely unlikely, every Big Ten school could still become bowl eligible this year. At this point, the Big Ten is one of only four conferences with five or more bowl eligible teams joining the Pac-10, ACC, and SEC. Road teams won every game in the Big Ten last Saturday and that includes Michigan's loss to Purdue at the Big House. The Wolverines face Wisconsin and Ohio State to close out the season and must win at least one of those two to have a shot at a bowl game. Rich Rodriguez is already on the hot seat. Failure to go to a bowl in back-to-back seasons would really ratchet up the heat in Ann Arbor. Besides Iowa at Ohio State, other significant games this weekend include Wisconsin hosting Michigan and Northwestern traveling to Illinois, where those two teams will play for an old trophy with a new name, the Land of Lincoln Trophy, which used to be called the Sweet Sioux Tomahawk.
1: Play clock down to one. Here's Wager. Good patience. And drive the 42 but he caught it up at the end could it be the fourth Iowa turnover of the half it is another Hawkeye giveaway Marshall Thomas who had the fumble recovery for a touchdown got it again Wager is a true freshman the ball is out pops out
2: first the first defensive guy holds him and the second Ooh. guy goes for the football <laughs>
4: Hawkeyes Mike is always interested in and encourages listener feedback. Help make us better. Please provide us with your comments and suggestions for programs, guests, and topics by emailing feedback at hawkeyesmic.com or by calling toll-free
3: 866-74-HAWKS. <laughs> We turn now to Pat Hardy's segment. You can read Pat's articles in the Iowa City Press Citizen and on Hawk Central. Sean Patchett talks with Pat about last week's game and this Saturday's contest. i will talk about heartbreaking. Saturday looked like the magic finally ran out.
8: Yeah, I think when Stanzie got hurt, that pretty much took away Iowa's edge, and I think the team lost its swagger, and you could just tell from the sidelines when he was out. And obviously, that he wasn't coming back. You could just see the confidence being ripped out of the players, the sideline, just the... Just their body language, you could tell that they knew they were in trouble, and I mean, they've been pretty lucky at times this year, and I think the law of averages finally worked against them. It's just too bad it had to be such a severe injury. It doesn't look like he's going to be back until the bowl game.
0: It seems pretty clear that once Stansy was out, he is the player they can do without.
8: Well, yeah, and I even wrote today, especially without a Sean Green-type running back, I think had Stansy... Had Sean Green been back there, they would have been able to maybe counter this and absorb the loss a little better because they had a game changer back there. But to uh, try to get a true freshman running back to overcome the loss of your leader and your quarterback and your ability to run play action, it just took it all away. And I don't think the offensive line has really done that great yet either this year. I think they've kind of struggled, and I think this was a game where they needed to step up and really assert themselves after Stanzie went out, and they couldn't do it.
0: Well, at least the Hawks came on strong at the outset, which was a switch I think a lot of fans were thinking this might be a breakout offensive game. I know.
8: I was thinking that, and I actually thought they were going to have a good offensive game throughout, but they did the same thing against Arkansas State. They started quickly. I believe they scored on their first two possessions, led 14 to nothing, and then boom, kind of petered out, so it's almost like it's better if this team starts slowly and then kind of builds up.
0: Defense had a solid performance, uh, gave up only 10 points, but they were just unable to stop any Northwestern third down plays, uh, allowed those time consuming drives to continue. Ultimately, they just ran out of time.
8: Yeah, I think they got tired a little bit. There was a lot of three and outs after Stanzie went out. And I think, yeah, like you said, the defense's biggest problem was a lot of third and long situations, third and sevens and what have you, they'd let the quarterback, that Persia, the, freshman or the backup quarterback they let him scramble out and get key first downs to keep drives going and whatever. I thought for the most part under the circumstances the defense did okay other than allowing a few third down situations.
0: What is it about Northwestern's dink and dunk offense that seems to give Iowa fits?
8: I think just that dink and dunk it doesn't play into Iowa's hands. Iowa's more of a power team that does better against teams like Wisconsin and Michigan State and what have you and it does seem like whenever Northwestern plays Iowa they play out of their heads and something bad happens with Iowa. If you remember Sean Green rushed for 159 yards last year and then got hurt early in the fourth quarter and didn't come back and Iowa couldn't recover from that.
0: Second-guessing is always the easiest, but what did you think of the play call that resulted in Stanzi's injury?
8: I didn't really have a problem with it. I think what happened was there was a breakdown in containment. Somebody missed their assignment. Somebody was supposed to stay in. My guess it was the tight end was supposed to stay in and block Corey Wooten because that's the kind of play where had they contained Wooten, they were going to have a receiver open in the flat, and Ken O'Keefe's always being criticized for not being more of a gunslinger, for not taking chances. He tried to take a chance. He tried to catch Northwestern thinking, oh, there's no way they'll try something in the end zone. They tried it. Somebody obviously missed their assignment in the play play backfired.
0: Well you can perhaps explain part of it, employing maximum protect on some plays, but it looks like the tight ends have completely disappeared from Iowa's offense the last couple games.
8: Well I think that stems from the offensive line not being able to hold up its end of the deal. I think the
0: with Northwestern loading the box, the offense the tight ends had to
8: stay in, and I think if Iowa's offensive line is what is as good as what we envision heading into the season, they should have been able to even handle Northwestern with a loaded box. I mean Northwestern's defense entered that game ranked sixth in the conference in rushing defense. I I think it more stems from the offensive line right now without Dace Richardson and I mean Rob Bruggeman was a big loss after he left last year Seth Olson. I just think the offensive line was unable to handle Northwestern under the circumstances that therefore the tight ends had to stay in and that takes away two options.
0: Other than the disappearance of the tight ends, the receiver's play was pretty respectable Saturday, uh, along with special teams as well.
8: Yeah, and I think Marvin McNutt, that's one of the stories. He really is blossoming into a big play receiver. He's averaging about 20 yards a catch, and I don't think that was the problem, because if you look at the replay of the game, which I've done now, there were some open receivers. Vandenberg just did a bad job of getting the ball to him, and when he did, have time or when he didn't there are other times when he didn't have time to throw But when he did have time to throw he rarely made the good throw. There were some open receivers
0: DJK appears to be turning into a go-to guy in the sense that he's starting at wide out receiving punts and returning kickoffs. Well, I
8: think he's clearly their most explosive player on offense He's the one guy who can do a lot in space and yeah They're trying to figure out a way to utilize him as much as they can But that's also because of injuries. They're down to their number three punt returner They have kick returners out and right now. I mean, they're just trying to figure out ways to get him the ball in space.
0: Turning to the Ohio State game, it would appear that circumstances couldn't be much worse for the Hawks going into this one. About the only positive is that Iowa can still win the Big Ten if they win in Columbus.
8: And that's a big if. I think it was going to be a big if even with Stansy playing. And right now, Ohio State really seems to be coming into its own. Terrell Pryor is starting to pick up his game. And I just think this is too tall of an order. Right now, I think, I, I have trouble even envisioning Iowa scoring an offensive touchdown in this game. I mean, the score that keeps coming to my mind is like 20 to three, 20 to six. I just think it's this is probably the best defensive line they're gonna play in the country this year. And right now, if the offensive line can't handle Northwestern, I'm not sure how they're gonna handle Ohio State. They're gonna have to do a lot of quick passing. They're gonna have to maybe do the shotgun and allow Vandenberg some time to be away from the rush and make some quick passes and what have you. But that's more Northwestern style. That's not really Iowa style. So it's gonna be a test of wills. And right now I just think it's physically impossible for Iowa to win this game.
0: So even if defense and special teams are flawless, realistically, do you think Iowa has any chance in this game? Well, obviously you always have a chance when you play. This is not a great Ohio State team, but without
8: Stansy, without Adam Robinson, and with the offensive line to me not living up to its potential, no, I just do not see this as being a game they're gonna win.
0: How much improvement do you expect to see out of Vandenberg with this one week of practice with the first unit?
8: I think you'll see some, but and not not trying to be too critical on the kid because it was a real rough situation, but he only really has one way to go but up. I mean, he was terrible on Saturday. I mean, he just, what I mean, and it was a lot of pressure. There was some breakdowns around him. They couldn't run the ball. It was a really bad situation, but there were times where he just did not fundamentally throw the ball correctly and missed wide open receivers. So to me, he can only get better. He can't get much worse.
0: Are you surprised that Vandenberg or Winkie have never taken a step with the first unit in practice, either preseason or during season? Well,
8: I heard mixed reviews on that. Vandenberg said he had, and I'd heard other people say he had. So I'm not at practice, so I'm not really comfortable critiquing what I'm not totally sure of. I mean, oh, there was people saying he didn't take snaps, but rarely do I does do backup quarterbacks get many snaps with the starters, but Vandenberg indicated that he had, that he was prepared, that it wasn't a preparation thing, that it was just a matter of not executing. So I don't know what to make of that. If he's getting no snaps with the first team offense, yeah, that to me seems a little risky if he was the definite backup quarterback, but it's going to be interesting to see if Vandenberg struggles a lot Saturday, if they might go to Winkie and see if they can maybe catch somebody with a hot hand. But if he hasn't had any snaps with the first string offense, I would be surprised by that. And obviously then maybe that had something to do with why he looked lost on Saturday.
0: Do you expect to see significant changes in the offensive game plan, perhaps to simplify things or maybe use more of the shotgun, for example, to help play to Vandenberg's strength? That's
8: what I was just saying. And I think also maybe to give him a little more space between him and the Ohio State guys coming after him. I don't think they're gonna change things a lot. I think they're gonna try to run the ball, which I don't think they'll be able to do at all and their play action is pretty much going to be wiped out by that. But I think they'll do shorter passes, more passes in the flat, and what have you. But I, I don't think they really can change their style too much. He's a, he's a similar quarterback to Stanzi. He's a drop-back quarterback. He's not real mobile, so it's not like they can all of a sudden just have him run. I don't think you're going to see drastic changes other than the shotgun and other than maybe some shorter passes.
0: There's some good news. It appears that Greenwood and Santa will be back, and whispers that Adam Robinson may return as well
8: i'd be shocked about robinson the other two would not surprise me that would help it always helps to get guys back but i guess it's just a wait and see to be honest with you though i think they need dace richardson as much as they miss adam need adam robinson i think they really missed dace at that guard position he was really an anchor in there and since he's been gone they've really struggled with those two positions
0: well like always what are your keys to the game and what's your prediction
8: turnovers whichever team can run the ball the best And Iowa has to do a good job of containing Terrell Pryor on broken plays, like a third and nine and he can't find anyone open. If he scrambles and gets first downs that way, that's so deflating to the defense and I see Ohio State winning twenty to three or twenty to six.
0: Any other thoughts?
8: Yeah, it's just it's amazing how a week can change momentum. It's just it was a very deflating loss, and that, that Stanzies injury, to me, probably the biggest injury for an Iowa player since Ronnie Harmon broke his leg in 1984 against Wisconsin. That Iowa team had a chance to win the Big Ten title. If Harmon breaks his leg. They end up tying that game. That's that 84 team that ended up going down to the Freedom Bowl and destroying Texas. That team was better than the bowl game that it went to, but when Harmon broke his leg, things changed. I know in 1992, Jim Hartlieb was the quarterback. He injured his arm, I believe, at Illinois, and that team was never the same after that. It's just too bad that it comes down to an injury, and it comes when you're 9-0 the fall from Grace is a lot steeper and there was a lot of devastation on Saturday.
1: Ursa, little freeze option. And going in end zone and it's intercepted. Picked off by Joe Conklin. The first Northwestern turnover of the game.
2: Another Iowa safety makes an interception conklin number 20 with his first interception the other two safeties have nine so that's ten interceptions this year for safeties
1: for iowa and fitting for the story of today's game conklin a backup former walk-on playing because of an injury to brett greenwood You got two backup quarterbacks and now a backup safety making a play
4: HawkeyesMike.com, just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. www.HawkeyesMike.com Call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS. That's (laughs) 866-74-HAWKS.
3: Just a reminder that you can be part of the next show by offering your own comments on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline will be open 24 hours a day. Just call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Also, visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, the latest Hawkeye and Big Ten videos, and team schedules. And don't forget, you can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. Postgame post-game show is brought
1: to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.
4: Today's Hawkeyes Mic program is made possible in part by Morgan Stanley, financial advisors of Coralville. Call 319-338-5184 or 800-870-0002 for all your investment needs.
3: Iowa travels to Ohio State this Saturday in a game that will determine the Big Ten champion and the automatic Rose Bowl berth. Each game just gets bigger, and the Hawks have to play this one with a redshirt freshman quarterback starting his first game in a stadium where Iowa has had very little success, even in the best of years. The Hawks are coming off their loss to Northwestern, which ended their 13-game winning streak, while the Buckeyes upset Penn State last week, playing perhaps their best and most complete game of the season. That contest also marked the first time since 2007 when a team other than Iowa has beaten Penn State in conference play. The 2:30 game will be a national telecast on ABC. It will also be Iowa's last road game of the season. The Hawks have the longest road winning streak in the Big Ten with victories in its last six games away from Kinnick Stadium dating back to last year. This is the 62nd meeting in the series in which the Buckeyes lead 44-14-3. Ohio State has won 10 of the last 11 games. The Hawks' last win was 2 2004 in Iowa City. Iowa's last win in Columbus came in 1991. Overall, the Hawks are 8-28 and 1 at Ohio State. Saturday's game will also mark the 19th time the two teams have met when both have been nationally ranked. In those contests, Ohio State has won 14 times, the same number of times it has been ranked higher than Iowa. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz is in his 14th year as a head coach and has an overall record of 91 and 74. While Ohio State's Jim Tressel is 2. 25, 78, and 2 over a span of 24 seasons. This will be a matchup of the Big Ten's two best defenses and two of the highest ranked defenses nationally. Iowa is 14th in total defense while the Buckeyes are 6th. Ohio State only gives up 11.2 points per game while the Hawks have held their opponents to 15.9. Other interesting stats, OSU has a 30.3 scoring average. The Hawks is at 24.1. Total offense is pretty even. Ohio State with 373.8 and Iowa 349.8. The Hawks have a plus-five turnover margin. The Buckeyes have a plus-nine. The key player for Ohio State's offense is clearly quarterback Terrell Pryor. If he plays within himself, the Buckeyes have the skill players to put up a lot of points. He's also the team's leading rusher, and their offensive line has been somewhat inconsistent after replacing three starters from last season's squad. Ohio State really relies on its defense, especially its D-line, where it is both deep and strong, and also so it's special teams to control games. They put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks and will probably try to ratchet that up even more with Vandenberg making his first start for Iowa. The Buckeyes also have 16 interceptions on the year, second only to Iowa's 19. And of course, they will have 105,000 rabid fans in the stands, making it just that much more difficult for the Hawks. Iowa will have to play its best defensive game of the year and the play of the defensive ends will also be key, both in terms of pressure pressuring, and containing prior. The Hawks need to force Ohio State into some turnovers and keep them from building a lead or momentum early in this game. The special teams play in all aspects will have to be outstanding. And having said all of that, you hope Vandenberg can play under control, limit mistakes, and limit turnovers, and that the Hawks can establish some run-pass balance that will increase the chance of putting some points on the board. Offensive coordinator Ken O'Keefe needs to be a little more imaginative and perhaps let Vandenberg play out of the shotgun a little more, where he is likely more comfortable, and perhaps will gain just a little more time from Ohio State's ferocious pass rush. The Hawks need to figure out ways to rediscover their tight ends, especially in a game like this, where in the past, when the Hawks have won in Columbus, the play of the tight ends has been most critical. The offensive line needs to step it up big time, play their best game of the year, and help Vandenberg out. Ohio State's defensive line will try to pressure the quarterback all day. The old line has been pretty inconsistent this season, this would definitely be the game to put it all together. It will also be very timely and helpful if Iowa can get some of its key injured players back on the field, including Colin Sandeman, Brett Greenwood, and maybe even Adam Robinson. That would be both a big psychological as well as practical boost. There are some, in the national media and even in the fan base, who have said that when Ricky Stanzi went down, the season went with him. That this game at is essentially over before the opening kickoff, that there's no way a redshirt freshman quarterback starting his first game against the best defense in the Big Ten has a chance. Well, I'm confident the Iowa coaches and players strongly disagree with that sentiment. As we've said before, the old cliche, that's why they actually play the games. As Ed Podolak said in last week's post-game show on radio, don't let a game-changing play become a season-changing play. Now it's up to the players, all of them, to play their best best game of the season. If they do that, they just might be able to pull off what would undoubtedly be one of the biggest upsets of the season. The Big Ten title and a Rose Bowl berth depend on it. Just maybe, there's some magic left in the season for the Hawks. Over?
6: Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Shermans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
0: Sherman? Forget it, he's rolling. That
6: is! we
1: It looked, in the first five minutes of the game, like it might be an Iowa blowout. It was 10-0, but then Stansy got hurt on a sack. He fumbled the ball in the end zone. It was recovered for a Northwestern touchdown. That changed the game, not just because of the score, but also Stansy was knocked out because of injury, and the Hawkeyes were never the same.
2: Well, Vandenberg, the rest of the way, went nine of 27 for 82 yards and an interception.
1: Kafka takes a knee, and Northwestern ends Iowa's dream season. The Hawkeyes lose for the first time as Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern gets bowl eligible. But more importantly, another undefeated goes down in college football. Iowa still with a shot at a Big Ten championship.
3: But a lot of work to be done having to go to Columbus next week before wrapping up the regular season at home against Minnesota. Our thanks again to ESPN for the game highlights this week. Once again, another nice job of capturing this 2009 season of Iowa football. And thanks to our regular contributors, Marv Cook and Pat Hardy, and a special shout-out this week to Lt. Patrick Henderson, M.D., Medical Corps, United States Navy, currently stationed in Japan. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate. By phoning and making your own voice heard, call 866-74-HAWK. It's all Hawkeyes, all the time, on HawkeyesMike.com. For Iowa fans, by Iowa fans.
1: Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of
5: hustle. I liked it.
0: This has been a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike, LLC.